Hello and welcome back to my podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how to heal from anxious attachment. So if you haven't listened to my podcast episode where I talk about all the different attachment styles, then I would highly recommend you listen to that before you listen to this one. But if you know that you have anxious attachment or someone you know has anxious attachment, then this episode is going to help you out because we're going to go through the symptoms and then we're going to go through the things that you're supposed to do and the habits that you should probably stop doing if you have an anxious attachment style. And hopefully with all these tips by the end of this episode, you will know exactly how you can move a little bit closer to a healthy attachment style. Alright, so first off, let's talk about the symptoms of having an anxious attachment style. So the first one, you know, when someone doesn't text you back or call you back, you immediately start overthinking. You worry if you said something wrong, you worry if, you know, they're mad at you or something. That's a pretty big sign. Then hand in hand with that goes that you constantly worry that you did something wrong or that other people are mad at you, even if they don't show any signs of being mad at you. Then of course we have worst case scenario thinking and like catastrophic thinking all the time, you know, always imagining the worst possible thing. Then another symptom of anxious attachment is if you fantasize, you know, about how you would want a relationship or a friendship with someone to be, even if that's not the reality. If you have an anxious attachment style, you probably also feel like you want to always fix other people or help to solve their problems, even if they don't ask for it and even if it's at your own expense. Then of course there's always a fear present that you're lacking in one way or another or that you're not good enough and the other person doesn't like you. If you have an anxious attachment style, you will probably also experience feelings of loneliness, emptiness, clinginess, you know, just feeling like you're really needy, but you can't really do anything about it. Those are very typical. What you might also notice if you have an anxious attachment style is that you're very emotionally reactive when someone isn't available. So let's say they can't talk right now or they're busy or anything like that. You have like a really extreme reaction to it. That's a sign of an anxious attachment style. Now there's a couple of other signs as well. One of them is that you have a fear of abandonment. That's a pretty big one. And yeah, I mean, all the other ones, they kind of go hand in hand with what I've already mentioned. And if you kind of see yourself reflected in any of the, these signs, then you might have an anxious attachment style. You can always do an attachment style test online. But if you do, then just keep listening to this episode because I'm going to show you how you can move towards a more secure attachment. The good thing is, and the good news is, if you struggle with this in your relationships, if you have a lot of anxiety in your relationships, there are things you can do that will help you out. There's things that will help you calm your nervous system, help you with grounding and inner strength, and just, you know, helping you reestablish a sense of security within yourself so that you're not as anxious anymore. So I'm going to be talking about two different things today. First, we're going to talk about six habits that you should avoid when you have an anxious attachment style. And after that, I'm going to give you five things that you should do. So let's get into it. So first off, we're going to talk about the things you should avoid. And the first thing is don't compromise your beliefs or your values to make someone else happy. The thing is, when people have an anxious attachment style or they're codependent, they often start abandoning their own values or their own boundaries just to make someone else happy. Because they're afraid that if they don't do that, they're going to be abandoned, they're going to be left. 
people are not gonna like them anymore, all that kind of stuff. So that's the first thing you need to work on. And I just did an episode on how to set healthy boundaries and that just goes right in this alley. So if you have problems with that, definitely listen to that episode because it's super important to stick to your own values and to stick to your own boundaries when you're in a relationship or even in a friendship. Now, number two is don't neglect self-care. Don't get in the habit of just neglecting your own needs and your own self-care just to be there for other people or, you know, to fit their schedule. You need to take time for yourself. And this has a bunch of different reasons. First of all, if you neglect your own self-care, you're basically teaching the people around you that you shouldn't be treated very well. I mean, I know it sounds harsh, but the way we treat ourselves teaches other people around us how we're supposed to be treated. So if you just neglect your self-care totally, then you can't really expect other people to treat you really, really well because you aren't even treating yourself well. Now, of course, if they're decent people, they will treat you well, but if they're not, you know, (laughs) that's what this is about. But then also, this really is important for yourself too, because if you take care of yourself, you establish a sense of trust within yourself. You will know that no matter what, you're there for yourself and nothing is ever going to change that. Now, if you neglect self-care, then your brain thinks, oh, I can't be trusted. And then, of course, you're going to feel like if you're alone, you're going to die or that's the worst possible thing that could happen because you don't take proper care of yourself. You need someone else to do it for you. So it's super important that you just don't neglect your own self-care. Now, number three is don't abandon yourself and be too available. By that, I mean... Maybe you know the situation, you want someone to text back or to call you and so you wait all day by the phone, you know, neglecting all your friends' plans who want to hang out with you because you're just waiting for that one person to call or you're sending a bunch of texts. You know, all this stuff just reinforces very, very low self-worth and you don't want to be doing that. This also includes, you know, being in the middle of something and then dropping everything for that one person just because now they're available. Try not to do that if you have an anxious attachment style. I know it's probably going to be hard for you, but, you know, practice makes perfect. Alright, the next step or the next thing you should avoid doing is try not to engage in negative thinking. You know, if you have an anxious attachment style, you probably spiral really quickly. Something happens or someone doesn't answer and you immediately spiral into a loop of overthinking imagining the worst case scenarios, imagining, you know, just really bad things and telling yourself a narrative that isn't even true in the slightest. But the thing is, your brain doesn't know that, your body doesn't know that, so it will release all those hormones and all those chemicals that it would release if your narrative was true, and so you will will just feel like shit, (laughs) like you will feel terrible, because you just make yourself believe something, even if it's not true. So if you notice yourself, you know, spiraling into a loop of negative thinking or you're just kind of giving meaning to behavior, even though it has no meaning, like, for example, someone calling you or not calling you or someone not texting back, like there's really not much meaning behind that, except for they're probably busy or except for whatever reason. But if you give it so much meaning then you're gonna just make yourself feel really, really bad. The next point is don't feel like you need to prove your worth. 
people with anxious attachment styles usually feel like they aren't worthy enough to be with other people, like to be with, for example, their partner. And so they constantly feel like they need to prove their worth in order to show I am good enough, you know, don't abandon me. Of course, you can always do things because you're an amazing person and they will see your worth, but don't go out of your way just because you feel like you need to prove your worth. No matter what you do, no matter where you are at in life, you're inherently worthy. And acting any other way will just reinforce this anxious attachment within you. And then last but not least, the things you should avoid is don't engage in conflict, whether that's with your partner or with your friends or whoever, whenever you're triggered. You know, when anxious people are triggered, they are in their head, like they're not in the present moment anymore. And they just read into situations, they read into words, and they just make up that narrative that I was just talking about earlier in their own minds. And all they're gonna do is completely overreact to, let's say, their partner. And of course their partner is taken aback because it's coming from out of the blue usually and will get really defensive and then a tiny little issue can just explode into a huge argument over nothing essentially. So if you have an anxious attachment style and you're aware of that and you notice that you're triggered, you know, you'll notice your heart is beating fast and your thoughts are running and, you know, <laughs> everything is just overwhelming. When you notice you're in that state, then just take a second, just step away. Maybe if you're with your partner, tell them you need a few minutes to calm down. If you're not with your partner, then just don't reach out to them right this second, don't send them 10 angry texts right now. Just step away, try to calm down, calm your nervous system down, and then talk to them once you've calmed down. But we'll talk about that also in a second when I talk about the things that you should do. Which brings me to the next part <laughs> of this whole episode. So here are the things you should do if you have an anxious attachment style. Now you know all the things you should avoid. Now we're going to be talking about the things you can actively do. So the first thing you can do is reparent your inner child. Now the inner child, <laughs> you know, it is the root of a lot of problems. It's basically the little part of you that got wounded in the past or, you know, that just didn't feel good. <laughs> And that's basically the little child in you that will get triggered and that will overreact in these situations. And so if you manage to reparent your inner child, that's how you can actually heal from your attachment styles. Now to reparent your inner child, you basically just have to imagine yourself as a little kid. You know, imagine that there's a little kid inside of you and try to treat that little kid inside of you with the same love and with the same caring that you would treat an actual child or an actual baby. You know, if they're super worked up or something, don't numb it by, you know, giving them junk food or by sitting them down in front of the TV, but instead, you know, get them outside, get them to walk. <laughs> you would like basically do anything that makes them feel better, right? <laughs> but we don't always do that with ourselves. So try to treat yourself as you would treat a child. Try to take care of yourself properly, nourish yourself, get yourself outside a bit to get some sunshine, some fresh air. And if you continuously do that, you will learn to rebuild that trust within yourself that might have been lost as a kid. The next point is pretty much the same as this one, but it's practice consistent self-care. You know, don't just do one bath every other week or so, you know, one bubble bath or something, but actually make it a habit 
to take care of yourself every single day and to actually consistently take care of yourself for a while. That is really important in order to reestablish that trust within yourself so that you know even if someone else isn't available, even if you know you're alone for a little bit, you're okay, you're gonna be there for yourself. And in order for you to learn that, you need to just keep taking care of yourself. Now, the next one is super important for whenever you're triggered, but also, you know, basically whenever you feel like it, and it's to learn how to regulate your own nervous system. Because essentially when you're triggered, your nervous system is out of whack. <laughs> it doesn't know what's going on. There's probably adrenaline surging for your body. And so you need to find ways to quickly regulate your own nervous system to just bring yourself out of that fight or flight response in that moment. One of the quickest and easiest ways to do this is to just take a couple of very deep breaths into your diaphragm and, you know, try to expand your belly and really breathe really slowly even though in that moment you're probably not gonna feel like it because <laughs> you probably want to like you know get really worked up and breathe really hard but try to breathe really deeply what that does it, it sends a signal of safety to your brain because your body only does that when it's safe because when it's in danger it's hyperventilating you know it's trying to get a lot of oxygen into the body but if you really consciously take some deep breaths your brain thinks okay we're safe and then, of course, also try to find other ways to just, you know, ground yourself, which means get out of your head and into your body. That's going to be different for everyone, but maybe you want to try yoga or exercise. Some people like to get a massage or like acupuncture, you know, anything that helps you really be in your body again and just be within yourself will be great. Now the next two points and the last two points kind of go hand in hand and it's to express your feelings and to communicate without blame. So it's super important that you learn how to voice what you're feeling to your partner, to your friends, whoever it may concern in that moment. But you also have to learn how to communicate those things without blaming the other person. Because the thing is, just because they didn't text back for like two hours, for example, doesn't mean they did anything wrong. They don't really owe you to be available at all times, you know? So if you communicate with, oh, you didn't text back or you didn't call me or I don't know, then that's gonna send a very wrong message. It's gonna attack them. It's gonna get their defenses up, which will probably lead into an argument and that will just further you know, deepen that thought in your head, they don't like me or I'm not good enough or whatever it is, even though it's not true at all. Instead, learn how to express your feelings properly. Like, for example, learn how to say, hey, like, I don't feel so great when you don't text for such a long time. Next time, could you maybe text me back sooner or let me know when you're not gonna be available for a couple of hours? Or, you know, when you do this and this like when you're busy then sometimes I get really in my head and feel like so and so <laughs> um, what do you think we could do to resolve this when you approach it from an I perspective like talking in the sense of yourself and not blaming the other person like you do this you didn't do that but rather I feel like this or I get in my head or I do this and this then the other person is going to be way more receptive to what you're saying and they're also going to be way more willing to actually change their behavior and to help you out. 
And of course the end goal is gonna be that even if your partner doesn't reply, for example, you'll be fine. But at first, like that's gonna be really hard, so of course it'll be better if you and your partner can work as a team and like figure out, okay, how how can I learn slowly but surely that even if you don't reply for an hour or so, everything is okay. And that's just by working together, communicating your feelings, not blaming each other, and just trying to find solutions that work for both of you, finding a compromise. The longer you do this for and the more you go through all of these points and practice all of these points, the more secure you're gonna feel both within yourself, within your relationship or with your friendships. And you're just gonna feel like, okay, like I'm okay. They're not replying, okay, they probably have a lot going on. You know, you'll be a lot more rational. And I know that usually your rational mind, it's always there, you know, like, oh, they're probably busy, but then your anxious mind tends to overpower that. By doing these tips, by avoiding the things that I mentioned at first, and by, you know, implementing the tips that I just mentioned, you will learn how to actually just stick to the rational mind <laughs> in those moments. And you can still probably hear your anxious thoughts, but you'll be able to say, it's okay, <laughs> this is probably not the case, and we can relax right now, we're safe. So that's kind of it for today's episode. <laughs> you know, there's not really too much else to talk about in this regard. If you want to hear about all the other attachment styles and how to heal from them, there's probably going to be an episode coming up soon, um, either next week or in the following weeks. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And yeah. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you like it, leave a review or I don't know, tell a friend about it, <laughs> whatever you want to do. But yeah, I'll talk to you soon.